In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. I've been noticing something um, more recently. I guess it's been around for probably the past decade, but I've been noticing it even more. For example, when uh, you know someone goes on a vacation or goes on a trip, and you know I'll ask them, you know, how was it? You would think the response would be, you know, the something about the scenery, maybe something about the food, churches, uh, you know, other places to visit in that area. But uh, typically, the response to that question is. Oh my gosh, it was the best. I didn't see any Chaldeans around. Okay? Or when someone, you know, goes away or, you know, starts, even if they drive to LA, oh my gosh, it was so great. You know, I didn't see Jumaatta, no Chaldeans. It was, I felt so at peace. And it's really strange. And the reason why I think it's bizarre is because I think there's something much deeper as to how we became this way. Because we were never this way, right? 100 years ago, we're all in our you know, own villages before migrating and what have you, and we're all together. We're all stuck together. You know? But then, obviously, when we started migrating to the West, we all of a sudden think that you know, we're more at peace when we're away from our own community. Anyway, uh, the reason why I think there's something much deeper going on is because sometimes we only look at the surface. You know, for example, I think one of the reasons why we like being away from our community so much or we feel so at peace, you know, when we're not around people that, you know, we know. Or even if it's, you know, to an extreme of driving an extra 20 minutes just to not go shopping in the same vicinity of El Cajon so we don't run into anyone. Whatever, whichever category you fall into. Um, the reason why I think it is so destructive to the soul, especially when we have this mindset of always wanting to separate ourselves from the people who know us best. Who knows you best than your own Chaldeans, right? And the reason why I mention this is because sometimes we let the problems that we may have around us dictate who we become. For example, there is always going to be people that talk about us. One excuse is, I like being away from the community because uh, they're so judgmental. They're always gossiping. I can't be myself. They're, you know, and they just go on on this long, elaborate tangent of how bad everything is. But in this gospel today, Jesus shows us something that's really interesting that I think could shift the way we look at the people whom we dislike, the people who have done us wrong, our enemies. And what's happening here? So Jesus gives a parable, the kingdom of heaven is compared to a man who sowed good seed. But with that seed, an enemy came and sowed weeds. Then the weeds began to grow with the weeds. Now, what's happening here? Jesus is first showing us this reality that enemies will exist in our lives. That's a fact. People will harm us in our lives. There will be weeds among the weeds. As good as we do, there is always going to be evil. But the issue is when we zero in so much on the actual person that's committing this sin against us, whether they gossip about us, whether they've done us wrong in a business transaction, what, whether you know, they continue to be envious and jealous and cause problems and gossip and you know, whatever it may be, the more we concentrate on that actual person committing those sins against us, the, more, the less we understand what's actually going on. Because St. Thomas Aquinas, he gives us you know, such a beautiful resolution to all of this. 
St. Thomas Aquinas, he says, when you focus so much on the sinner rather than the origin, you lose track of what's actually going on. And that's what's happening in this gospel today. And I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus says, let the weeds grow with the weeds. It's because we need to understand that the reason why people do wrong to us, why people sin against us, is because they are weak against temptation. Someone doesn't just go sinning on their own. There, you know, there's a, a willful process that's happening in their mind. They get tempted, they're weak in prayer, weak in spirituality, whatever it may be. That's one of the reasons why Jesus says, pray for your enemies. He doesn't tell us to pray for our enemies because it just sounds nice, you know, it sounds fluffy. Let's all love each other and pray for each other and pray for our enemies. No, Jesus understands that our enemies need prayers. They need prayers more than anything. They need prayers more than criticism. They need prayers more than us running away and thinking by running away and distancing ourselves from our problems as if that's going to you know, solve some sort of problem that's in our lives. Now granted, I'm not saying become best friends, but what I am saying is giving a person the benefit of the doubt because the second sort of layer to this gospel today also shows us why we should be doing this. Because Jesus says, let the wheat grow with the weeds, what he's also showing is we can see good out of evil that happens in this world. Because imagine if, this, if there was no evil in this world. Imagine if God completely eradicated all evil. Number one, it would be a little boring, right? And number two, how could you see the good that comes out of things if there is no evil? Now, that's not an excuse to have evil. I wish there wasn't any, but there is. Imagine if we didn't see St. Paul's conversion and we didn't learn from that. Imagine how beautiful it is. You know, I don't know if any of you have experienced it, but someone going from one sinful state of life and then growing in virtue and flourishing into this person of God. It's a, it's a really beautiful thing to see. Because what are you seeing there? You're seeing the hand of God working in someone's life and seeing hope in that person. And that's the second reason, I think, why Jesus says, don't pull out the weeds yet, because you might harm the weeds. So brothers and sisters, I think it's really important today to think about how much we, how much effort and energy we put into the people that harm us whether it's by gossip or backbiting or whatever it may be. And how much more could we apply this parable in our lives to understand that enemies and weeds are all around us? It's true, it's a fact. But how are we going to respond in a Catholic way? Not by running, because that's, like we said, that's temporary. But it's by prayer. It's by loving that person and understanding that this person is weak against temptation. This person is probably not as strong as you would like them to be. But God could still work in their lives. He could still show us how His grace flourishes in all of our souls. Amen.